Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the off season. This is the Pipe It Up Podcast. Cue the intro. Man, another season in the books. Oh, how time flies. I remember opening day like it was yesterday. I had to drive all the way back from Michigan State, spent all day at the Meadows, came home, got pulled over. You guys probably remember that story. <laughs> Those are the glory days of this podcast, man. And now here we are, episode 72, I believe. And sitting here in the studio to my right is none other than Jack Agner. Jack, it's good to see you, bud. So good to be back. Feels like home. It does, feels like it, we haven't done one of these in person. It feels like way different. A, I'm used to sitting here time. staring at my laptop, like no eye contact necessary. But now I feel like I need to give you some respect and, and look at you while we're talking again. Feels like home. Feels like this is the right way to do it. <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> it definitely I is. mean, the virtual podcast thing works, especially like in today's day and age where a lot of stuff is done virtually now. But um, yeah. I, it's not the same. No, it's not, not the same. Energy. I think we've done a, a a decent job making do with what we got, but uh, I think nothing really beats doing it like this. No, yeah, I totally agree. But um, man, what a series it was! What a World Series! Obviously, we're gonna start start the show with that today. I mean, the World Series wrapped up. Just absolutely an unbelievable series. Um, both games four and games five uploaded last week. So if you haven't seen those for some reason yet, please go check them out now. But Jack, let's just start with game four. Um, last podcast we talked about with some fans about game four and the pitching decision from the Wildcats, who the Diamondbacks were going to throw. They had the 2-1 series lead at the time. And to my surprise, Wildcats throw Nick Saylor. Did you like that decision? Yeah. Well, it was interesting. I forget the uh, fan's name that we had on, but he actually Mm -hmm. had said that. Initially when he said that, I thought, like, no way. And then sort of reflecting after our conversation, I was like, um, you know, and just some conversations that we had had with Kyle, I was like, uh, there, there's a shot. And I mean, statistically, you know, Nick should have been in that conversation to be thrown out there. So, um, I think, you know, it was definitely a calculated decision by mm-hmm. Kyle. And, um, I thought that was one of the coolest things about this series as a whole is just, I, I can't remember another world series that's had this amount of pitching depth and changing pitchers, you know, obviously since we don't have the rule, uh, in in the postseason about the maximum amount of innings that pitchers can pitch. You, typically, you really see one, you know, maybe maybe a second pitcher come in for a couple innings here or there. But uh, both teams just really showed their depth throughout the the entire the entire series. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable, and I agree that was kind of the standout thing to me in this in this World Series was just um, how how well spread out the talent was. I mean. We had four pitchers go, a pretty similar amount of innings. Nick Taylor goes out there, cool as a cucumber, in game four, shuts down the Diamondbacks, forces a game five in the biggest start of his life. Yep. And, I mean, we've said it, I'm like a broken record at this point, but the stuff isn't that nasty. Um, his arsenal isn't very diverse. But at the end of the day, the kid was the ERA leader of MLW in 2021, and he just he just straight up goes out there and gets outs. Nothing fancy about it, but you got to love a pitcher like that. I think... It'd be an interesting question to Kyle Schultz now, like, looking back on this season. I mean, you love the guy's bat, but the arm was just as helpful to, I think, the success of this Wildcats team. Do you agree? I would definitely agree. I think that uh, the Wildcats aren't aren't nearly the team that, that they showed to be in this World Series without Nick Saylor's arm. Yeah, you know, his, unbelievable. His bat was, was incredible off the charts, but um, I think, and I think Kyle also would kind of agree with this, like, um, especially against a team like the Diamondbacks, to go out there five games in a row if it were able to go that far and 
still try to find success on the mound. Mm-hmm. Like th- those guys are such good hitters that they're able to pick stuff up, especially when they're seeing it like so recent, right? It's the last pitch that they've seen, the last pitcher they've seen, mm-hmm. and having Nick be able to go in there completely different pitcher mm-hmm. uh than kyle just i think was you know the reason they were able to stretch it all the way to game five yeah i agree with you 100 percent um big props to sailor for his performance on the mound this year both regular season and postseason and we focused a lot on nick sailor as kind of you know the key number two in this league in terms of being on the mound but you got to tip your cap to jonah heath as well i mean yeah. the kid went out there gave very good innings for the diamondbacks team um he did post a loss in game four against sailor but I believe he got the win in game two when they were down 1-0 in the series. That was huge for them, too. So, yep. I mean, really all four pitchers, I don't think you could have asked for anything else on no. either side. I mean, at the end of the day, it came down, like we said, it was the clutch moments that really decided the games. Yeah, I think our our pre-series analysis was, like, pretty good. And also, mm-hmm. there wasn't really much in the series that wasn't expected. Like, it lived up to all the That's hype. Exactly. Which was so cool. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a downer at all. Like, it didn't get a, it didn't go sweep either way like we really got to see great pitching exceptional hitting mm-hmm. um you know exceptional defense all the way around defense, crazy the defense was uh, like at another level i think that's something that like the fans uh kind of like might go over their head or they might gloss their eyes at just like mm-hmm. You know, being able to see a ball and and hit it or or throw a really cool wiffle ball pitch is one thing, but being able to synchronize three different guys mm-hmm. when you've got this plastic ball like flying through the air yeah. and jumping on the ground and to be able to get that out like time, time, time again, mm-hmm. especially like we've said before in you know nine out games, every single one of those outs is a huge difference. And in the World Series, it's just magnified you know, times four or whatever. So it's like, I think that was the, one of the most impressive things, both teams um, in this series. Yeah. They just make it look so smooth. And I mean, yeah, I've had times in my career and a lot of people have, especially when we were, um, you know, younger where we'd make it look easy at times. And because I guess we played more, just more athletic. I don't know, but it really felt like the old days at Colts field with that defense. And uh, we used to have so many top plays at Colts field. And it's funny because it feels like each and every season, you know, me and Kyle kind of discuss top 10 plays throughout the year and potential candidates, and we always feel like we're kind of lacking in terms of, like, phenomenal plays and just great defense. But every year, Kyle's always in my ear saying, in the postseason, it's always crazy with the amount of defensive plays that are made. And yeah. it turns to be true almost every single year. And in the World Series alone, I think we had a conservative number, I would say, would be two top 10 plays. Yeah, but easily, three. there could easily be two top 10 plays just from this series and alone like, on defense. Yeah, like, and a play that probably won't be included, but, like, it's just as important. Like, remember when Jonah Heath saved that yeah, game-winning home, home run? run like, yeah, intentionally brought it back, didn't get greedy and go for the catch and risk a bobble, literally swatted the ball back into play. Yep. So smart. And just the amount of, like, putouts that were, you know, ground balls hit to the left side of the infield that were then outs at first base. Like, that happens right. so rarely in this league, and it happened probably more than five times in this series. Yeah. And a couple of them were crazy, like Jimmy Norp, Manny Machado style, like in foul territory, turning and yep. throwing. And I give credit, <laughs> too, to like Shima at first base, just yeah. smothering the ball. Yeah. Crazy. And the Wildcats, Kyle had a ton of good plays, too. There was like, one. On I, the mound, he snags yeah. that line drive in left field one time. It was just so many good plays. There was one I think Kyle had uh, recently, or in game five, where it was a it was a shot up the middle and he like went to get it couldn't get it but just kept continuing his path yeah. to first and then uh, whoever was able to pick it up like I think it was Sailor like flipped it to him and they mm-hmm. got the out and I just saw that play and I was thinking like wow if I was either the fielder or the pitcher mm-hmm. I would have 
blundered that play like easily. <laughs> I would have stopped in hey. the middle. Like I, th- that's like the me, me like lacking that baseball background. Like those mm-hmm. are sometimes the plays where I feel like in person when it happens, like I can kind of let that get away from me. But th- mm-hmm. both of these teams just showed like so yeah. so fundamental in those situations. Yeah, there's a reason that these two teams run the World Series. Yeah, and um, kind of go back to what you said earlier. You talked about how like the series really lived up to the hype. And that makes it, I think, so much... You know, we were all so happy to see that because we knew these were the best two teams. And yet we were hyping up. And we were so excited to see it happen. And we're like, it's going five games. going to be a crazy series. But then when it actually happens, like, it's just so... It makes everything so much easier. Like, when Kyle's been on the podcast in the past, we talked about, like, the importance of, like, a good, you know, soundtrack or score, as Kyle calls it, in the background of these videos to, like, make it intense. And everything gets so much easier when the gameplay is actually that intense yeah. and that exciting. Like, it takes... It makes Kyle's job way easier to make exciting content when the gameplay is already exciting. So it was yeah. Sweet. I mean, you could uh, Kyle did a great job making the videos, but he really could have yeah. just he really could have just showed the game film like the raw game film, and the videos would have been like incredible. You know yeah. what I mean? Like his it enhancements bring him to an entire new level. But like you said, like the gameplay was just so phenomenal all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was. So yeah, the Cats took Game Four. Moving on to Game Five, um, I'd say probably. It was probably one of the most anticipated games in MLW history. A lot of hype was on social media between the fans. And um, once again, lived up to the hype. Went extra innings, all the way to five innings. And, you know, it ends on a Michael Shima kind of jam job blooper single. <laughs> but I don't think that series could have ended any other way. No. To be honest, it was such a battle, both mentally and physically. You know, we had the Aces trying to be careful with the best bats in the lineup. You saw some intentional walks there just trying to do anything they can to keep runs off the board as one run's yeah. going to end the season. So it was going to come down to, you know, one of the not-so-prominent you know prominent players in this league stepping up and delivering in the clutch moment, and Shima literally, like, gets the handle of the bat, maybe even part of his hand on the ball, fights it off into fair territory. You know, Nor- Norp is so quick around the bases. Yeah. I don't know how he takes as sharp as, turn as, sharp as turns as he does, but, um, yeah, he comes in. It was a bang-bang play. We were all on our toes, like me and Mr. Schultz, like there could be a play at the plate. But luckily, it wasn't too close to a play. It was a fairly easy call to make. But um, that ended it in five innings. Just unbelievable stuff. Yeah. Both so, teams. I mean, hats off to, like, both teams. Incredible series. No. Yeah. Uh, I'm serious. I think if you play that series ten more times, say you play it ten times total, I think, honest to God, it might be five to five. Yeah, it like, might be. It could have gone either way. Um, I remember in the fourth inning, I think it was, there was a ball that got past Nick Saylor where there was going to be an easy force out at second base, and I was thinking to myself, that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to make mistakes in situations like that. But Kyle steps up, gets out of the jam again. We go to five, and I'm thinking to my head, this game might not ever end. Yeah. Like, these two teams <laughs> are just so going down in eternity. <laughs> yeah, and once again, like, I don't even think Kyle, and I think he'd agree with me, he didn't make a bad pitch to Shima. You know, he was up yeah. ahead in the count. I think there was two strikes. A ball that was high and in got yeah. Shima to chase it, but somehow, some way, he found a way to put it in play, and Norp did the rest. So um, congratulations to Shima. Very cool moment. Um, if you guys are wondering, obviously we want to hear from all the players that were involved in this once-in-a-lifetime series. But um, I wanted to let the dust settle a little bit. Just have Jack and I discuss. We're going to have some fans on as well to chat about it. Let the dust settle for a week after the players have redigested the content, seen the gameplay again. And then we're going to try to get... I want to get like word from all six guys on next episode. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. But I don't know, Jack. Coming into the season, did you think the Ambacks had any shot? Uh, I, you know, I definitely thought they had a shot. I don't think... Uh 
I did not expect Jimmy to really have the season that he did. Mm-hmm. Once, as the season was going on, just watching him play and uh, his production, as well as just you know their cohesiveness as a team, I I really thought you know halfway through the year like there's no one that's gonna even come close to stopping them. And yeah. then and then kind of like I mentioned before uh, on the podcast after we play the Wildcats, they're just. I, I was like they they're gonna keep it close like they I think I, I you know I deep down in my heart I thought Diamondbacks mm-hmm. were gonna end up pulling it out but um, I think the Wildcats got hot at the right time really came on strong mm-hmm. late in the year and yeah, uh, I agree and proved proved certainly that they were um, at the same level of yeah. the Diamondbacks yeah I agree um, I, I think I agree with you too that coming into the season you know I, I knew the Diamondbacks were good. They came off a big win streak last year near the end of the year that kind of squeaked them into the playoffs over the Mallards. But I'm, I'm trying to pinpoint, you know, what changed from last year to this year to really put them over the hump as a championship team. And I feel like Norp's bat was there last year, but I think at pitching-wise, yeah. he really developed in terms of, like, locating his stuff and, like, mixing up his motion and stuff like that because his arsenal was just as disgusting last year. But I don't think he was quite as effective last year. Still a great pitcher. Yeah. But he really got to that elite level this year on the mound, I think. And we mentioned their defense multiple times already, multiple times on this on this episode alone. But I think that was also at a new level from last year. Those guys mm-hmm. just being around each other for another year, they were just they were pretty much flawless during the yeah, regular season. They and, really were. And those outs add up to to easy victories against mm-hmm. you know very competitive teams in the league when you when you're able to when you're able to make plays like that. So I think that was a big difference maker along with his you know exceptional ability to pitch and mix up his stuff on the mound mm-hmm. coupled with his his clutch factor at the plate yeah he really did it all um i know sometimes the mvp vote can be a point of controversy in this league but i don't think it's gonna be too much controversy this year when it comes down yeah. to, to vote in that one but look at the supporting um, characters i mean i know the final so the final round of the home run derby not that that really means anything but it still shows something like yeah, no, it, it definitely does. It like, definitely does. That definitely means something. And those were, that was their core three all year. Obviously, Ben Wilson was sprinkled in there a little bit. I don't think he had as good a year as he did last year. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Shima stepped up when he needed to. Heath was stud on the mound as a number two all year. Mm-hmm. And that proved to, to proved to definitely be a factor down the stretch. Um, something that's cool, too, is, you know, Heath is a lefty. Yeah, I feel like that plays to their benefit as well. You got Norp, the right-handed mm-hmm. ace, and then their number two on the bench, Heath, left-hander, mm-hmm. one of the only left-handed pitchers in this league. I mean, really, the only one, only one that's utilized. Zerlag can throw, but he's not like you know. Yeah, he's not really he's not in, what their, Heath is in their bullpen as exactly, much. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's something to note as well. And then you mentioned the Wildcats coming on strong late in the year. I totally agree. Um, we all knew they had a lot of talent. Um, I think last year, you know, you saw Nick Saylor so show flashes of how dangerous he can be at the plate. But this year, man, him and Kyle Bolt just all year long, consistent. I mean, Sailor and him hit so many postseason home runs. It was unbelievable. Yeah, what do they have in the in the postseason? They had like nine, 10 combined. Nine, I, think, nine or I think 10. They had 10. That's absurd. Was, That's ridiculous. Just crazy. And he makes it look so easy out there. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I think about that team as a team next year. It's, you know, they're not really losing anybody. Pearson's a no. guy who's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean, he did struggle a little bit in the World Series, but it's his first time out there. He's much younger than everybody else on the field. Um, as a Cats fan, sure, it's maybe it's frustrating, but you see it in the MLB all the time. I think of guys like Cody Bellinger. He really yeah. struggled for the Dodgers in his first World Series, and then he came on, you know, helped them win a championship and one of their best players right now. So yeah. I think I think I, Pe- I think Pearson has a very high ceiling. Yeah, like I their honestly lineup is sick. Yeah, like <laughs> I, looking at both the teams, really, I'm 
especially because I'm playing in their division, but I'm more afraid of the Wildcats, I think, because like you're saying, I think their their ceiling is a little bit so higher good. right now because, mm-hmm. you know, Sailor showed what he can do on the mound with very, very basic, simple stuff, simple pitches. So mm-hmm. if he's able to mix in a couple other things and locate them well, he's an even better pitcher than he was this year. And if Jackson's able to, you know, continue to improve at the plate, mm-hmm. they can, they could be a pretty, pretty scary they're, unit. They're, you know? they're so good. I mean, I would argue that they probably have, if we're putting, you know, rankings on players, I'll put Jimmy at one. I would say the Wildcats have number two and number three. Yeah, I think so like, as well. It's unbelievable. And that's out of a, a three-man roster. So yeah. Like, yeah. That's incredible. Um, yeah, I think Wildcats will be right there next year. Diamondbacks will be right there next year. Um, I think if I had to say my top four right now moving into next season, um, I look at the Eagles as a team that has a lot of potential. Talked about how great Daniel Schultz drafted this year. Dallas Allen, he's only going to be better next year. Mm-hmm. And then the Magic acquiring Bonham. I mean, mm-hmm. those are four teams right there that will be right there, I think, next year. Um, and a lot can happen. I mean, this draft class, yeah. I, we don't really have a whole lot of information on yet. But I know I have two picks. I think I have two of the first three picks. So I'm going to have a pretty new-looking roster out there as well. Um, the Cobras, I know they they had a bit of a disappointing season, I think, in Drew's eyes, but a lot of room to grow. So yeah. um, I don't know. Anything can happen in MLW. I believe that was the fifth different champion in a row, fifth or sixth. Mm-hmm. It's been crazy. The only two teams currently in the league that do not have a title is the Magic yep. and the Cobras. Yep. And if the trend continues, yeah, Kyle's signaling to me six in a row that have been different, all the way back to the Eagles in 2016, I believe, was the last different champion. So, yeah, if the trend so continues, Cobras or Magic will be holding the trophy next year, Jack. Well, if it's between the Cobras and the Magic, I think we know who'd probably take that <laughs> oh, one home. Oh, it already begins. It already <laughs> begins. Podcast number one. Jack's already ready. I mean, but no, you seriously have to be excited for next for yeah. next season. No, I think the cool the thing. Yeah, I think the cool thing looking forward next season, uh, as is similar with a lot of MLW seasons, but just the known versus the unknown. Like we know the Wildcats are going to be good. We know the Diamondbacks are going to be good. But like, like you said, like what do the Mallards look like? Like, real down year. Got a couple draft picks, though. Could easily turn around. You never be know. Be a contender. What do, what do the Magic do with a with a full season of, you know, having Bonham on our yeah. team as an addition? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, the Co- the Cobras, too. Like, what do, what do they do? How does uh, how does Baranowski develop? Um, I think he could be a very valuable player for them in the league. So, I think it's... Uh, and like you mentioned, the Eagles, they they obviously have a lot of young guys who are developing. You know, does Dallas make even a bigger jump forward next year? Uh, Probably. So I mean, I, I think I'm excited. I think it's going to be uh, the most competitive season yet. Hey, every year gets better, better, and better, and better, and better. And better. And we always say that. And I mean, I think uh, as viewers and as fans, I think you could totally agree with us. I you mean, have to. I mean, after watching this, this World crazy. Series, you have to. You have to admit that that, that this was the highest. This was the highest level wiffle ball mm-hmm. that has been produced on this channel mm-hmm. so yeah. far. Oh, 100%. And yeah. it was cool to finally, we haven't had a game five since 2017. So I was super excited to see that series go the distance. Yeah. I think the Wildcats won it in four, Preds in three, Gators in four. And we were all saying we think it's going to be five, we think it's going to be five, and we were, we were spot on. Not only five games, but extra innings <laughs> in five games. <laughs> it's, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. like we say, one pitch, one at bat can change your season. Michael Shima, salute to you for putting the ball in play there. 
delivering for the D-backs. Um, we are now going to invite on a couple fans, that we've, as we've been doing these past few weeks, to get their input on the series as well. A wild one. Let's first go to Matthew. We got Matthew on the line. Can you hear me? Yep. Hello. What's going on? What's going on? How you doing? Welcome to Pipe It Up. Thank you. It's an honor. It is me and Jack Agner here in the Schultz's basement. Happy to have you on the call. Um, <laughs> and just just talk to me, man. What what after taking that series in all five games, every breathtaking moment, um, what comes to your mind? It it's the best World Series in MLW history, without a doubt. Without a doubt, he without says. A doubt. Without a doubt. You know, I I really when I coming into the World Series, my my favorite World Series up to the date up to now was the 2017 World Series between the Mallards and Cobras, because that was my first World Series I ever watched. Oh, cool! But this one topped it off by far. It is the greatest World Series. And now, what do you think did that for you? Just the competitiveness? Was it the pitching? Was it the it hitting? was just everything? Just everything. It, it, there was emotion. There was a strong defensive plays. Uh, there were. Uh, key moments in every single game. I feel like every player uh, had its top, had their top moments, their shining moments, ups and downs throughout the entire series. It was just the greatest thing we've seen ever. I know. Wait, we were so excited to share this with you guys. Obviously, we filmed this a while back, but um, we knew it was an incredible series. It was hard to keep it a secret and contain our emotions, but it's awesome that you guys got to finally see it. Um, now, who are you? Who were you rooting for? Or which way did you see the series going? Um, I've um, said the D-backs were going to win it all season long. Mm-hmm. Okay. but I, did you... I, I felt like Jimmy Nope was going to go just be the best player he ever was, and, and he did. So, But when the Wildcats took game one, what are you thinking then? Now, after they took game one, I was like, it'll be competitive. Mm-hmm. So I'm going after that. So they take game one, and I'm just like, it'll be a competitive series, and it will Oh, it's going to go at least four games. I knew that. I knew the Wildcats were going to win one game. But how after game one, I was just seeing how hard can the D-backs fight back and tie it up, in which they did. They did. I mean, they're, they're fighters, man. They have great chemistry, great leadership. And, um, yeah, like you said, I think we all thought they'd win it all year long. But the Wildcats, for sure, gave them a run for their money. They, they definitely gave me a scare, uh, too, because uh, I had the I wanted the D-backs to win the entire time. And they really gave me a scare after that first game. But, you know, D-backs came back, and it was all good. All good. All is right in the world, according to Matthew. But now, yes, do, do you think this team has potential to repeat, or do you think this is one of oh, them for the squad? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. I, a lot I of confidence like, there. Yeah, a lot of confidence. I, what, do you think, what do you think it's going to take, Matthew? I, I feel like the only thing they really need to do is just uh, better their, their batting depth. Uh, I feel like if they can just have Shima and Heath just hit a little bit better throughout the season and, you know, really striking those key moments. I feel like they can just perfect season all the way through. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that they're going to be, you know, right up there again at the end. Uh, what are you, what are you looking I'm, I think the Diamondbacks have a draft pick this year, uh, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think that Jimmy should do with that draft pick? Um, I feel like, if possible, either traded away for a solidified depth hitter or maybe a second arm, third arm possible, uh, or try to you know see what's on the board and take just a, a guy they can really develop and take if they ever need, just in case something happens. I mean, the draft is a good thing to mention, Jack, because this team has showed how much chemistry matters. 
Mm-hmm. Bring in a fourth guy to the clubhouse. Does that throw things off? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you could think about potentially even trading a draft pick this year for just something down in the future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They could do a lot with that. I didn't really think about that too much, to be honest. But um, now, Matthew, do you think that Shima or Heath, you know, do you, th- do you think they have potential to develop as hitters or do you want to see, you know, a new face? I feel like they both definitely can become better. They've shown um, flashes of it. I'm sorry? They've shown flashes that they can hit, you know. Oh, yeah, they definitely can hit. I mean, hey, it wasn't Jimmy Norfolk who hit the walk-off, you know. Mm-hmm. They, so they can definitely come in those big moments. But, you know, it. I know our, us as fans, we just see what's on the videos. We don't see what's behind the scenes, how they're going when training and all that. So it's all up to Jimmy Norfolk what he wants to do. All so you, but your faith is in Jimmy for sure. I just I, I fully I have every ounce of trust in Jimmy Norp. <laughs> I love to hear that. Yeah. I think all of the back nation has to agree after the season that that guy's had. After yeah. after that, the video that just came out a couple hours ago of him screaming with the trophy in his arms. Ah, he's I, he's I such a good guy. I sent one word to him when he posted that video, and it just said iconic. <laughs> it, it is a cause thing. I I've already seen memes. There's so many memes already going through the community. <laughs> Shout out to the Discord, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> send, send me some of those memes. Send me those memes. Oh, bro, definitely, definitely. All right, cool. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, Matthew. I appreciate it, and uh, oh, hope yeah, to have you out again some time. All right, cool. Thank you. Have a good. You too. All right, thank you, Matthew. Let's now go to Mason on the line. Different Mason than last week, by the way. Mason, how you doing? So man, I'm pretty good. How are y'all? Pretty good. I think people may know you as MLW dot now on Instagram. Is that correct? Yeah, I got a little clout here and there. You know, a little bit. Of followers. <laughs> little clout, little bit, not a big clout. deal. Cool, Something man. Slight. Well, hey, we appreciate your contribution to the MLW community. Um, it's cool. I, I've I've been on your page from time to time. I think you just posted uh, today recently, like a little championship graphic for the D-backs. Yeah, the it was showing off how many titles that every franchise has, and you know, sadly. The Cardinals franchise is long and gone, but they still have more titles than hey. what, the the Magic Cobras and. All right, well, I think that's it. <laughs> they still got, they still got their ring, man. Actually, I would like to share with you right now while I have you on the line a pretty fun yeah. fact. This is just this is just rumors. Who knows if it's true? But uh, I received a text message from none other than Chad Rensey this week. He is back <laughs> in town. <laughs> Will he ever gear up for MLW? Only the I'm, Lord I'm knows. Hoping. But I'm open. Man. We'll see. We'll see. But um, no, cool. Thanks for joining the call today. Um, what's your take on this year's World Series? Is it the greatest of all time? Uh, for me, uh, personally, no. But this is definitely top three. So, in for my opinion, I still think the number one is what Matthew said: the 2017 World oh, Series when wow. the Mallards came back and beat my Cobras. You know, when they were down, you know, O2 and all that jazz. But I mean, this this World Series was like honestly insane it, it gave me 2014 world series vibes with the giants and the royals um cool not comparison. just because tim lincecum was on the mound once again mm-hmm. in jimmy north but it was just high action high exhilaration emotion when uh kyle and jimmy are going at it screaming you know all this fire and stuff and then obviously we have one of the greatest like pitching duels mm-hmm. with north and schultz i mean there was only three runs that whole entire game and two of them with and one of them was a walk-off with shima so i mean this was Honestly, one of like the most hyped World Series that we could have seen with two teams that are kind of polar opposites. You know, the D-backs hadn't won a single playoff game, not a series, but a game until mm-hmm. this year in the Wildcats, a good point. You know, the New York That's Yankees that. of MOW. So it was like pretty <laughs> insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How do you, if you're a D-back, 
you know, how do you top that going into the next year? What can you do to improve? You know, Matthew talked about potentially adding a hitter, maybe just development, but do you want to see new faces in this D-back lineup, or are you strictly just stick with this chemistry and roll with what you got? Uh, yeah, I think for, for me it would be chemistry firsthand because this chemistry that this team has built together has brought them to the forefront of the league. Like, it, it's obvious now they're world champions. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could just trade it away and see if you could get another depth piece or just I think for me it would just be chemistry just keep these three guys together see what they can do if they don't go back next season then you know there you go now you need to add another depth piece you know what I mean yeah I mean Jack as a manager like what what do you think would go through your head making that decision do you think you risk throwing off that chemistry in this championship team or do you want to see just stick with what you got um you know like Matthew said I I trust Jimmy I think he's gonna I I think he's gonna you know make the right decision um Really, he's got his core, so whatever he wants to do, whether that's trading that pick away or picking up someone else he thinks he can develop, I think he'll assess that situation correctly. And, you know, if it were me, obviously, uh, there's a lot of things to consider, but I think really maintaining that core, what what got them to that spot, is, mm-hmm. is definitely the most important thing to think about. Mm-hmm. We've seen, though, it's hard to repeat in this league. It hasn't happened. It is. It and is, yeah. In a six, seven years since the Wildcats won back-to-back a long time ago. So it's tough to do, but I mean, this team with the, the way they've played this year, you know, it's hard to bet against them. Would you bet against this team going into twenty twenty two, Mason, or are you thinking um, they can repeat? Uh, I think they can repeat for sure. If if all the pieces fall like how they did this year, if they continue to perform with that chemistry and this amount of domination, then I think so. But I will, however, say that right here, right now, the Cobras are winning the twenty twenty two World Series. Wow! Ooh. Scorching hot wow. take. Scorching I got all my trust in Drew Davis. I got all my Flames. trust in Durand, Flynn, Baranowski, Gus. I got all of them. Okay. They're going to do it. What do you want to see the Cobras add? <laughs> Man, there is. Honestly, I think we just need to really add a second pitching piece because, I mean, Baranowski is, he isn't bad. Don't get me wrong. But uh, he hasn't fully grown into what he has been looked at as the first overall pick. And I think maybe just one more key pitching piece would be pretty good. I think mm-hmm. our hitting is very solid. Our offense wasn't really something to blow off, you know. But I mean, I, just, I think the Cobras just need one more pitching. Depth I mean, and that's yeah. It. Talking about the Cobras is like looking back on it over the years. Like they've always been a solid team. I They're can't. I can't really team. say anything oh, yeah, too yeah. bad about them. It just seems like they have the one series or one one inning even where the wheels just come off the bus and then it really hurts them. So I think if they can avoid that, I don't see why that team could make a run, even with the roster they had this year. You know what I mean? They showed moments yeah. of greatness. Flashes of greatness, especially with Duran there. So, Cobert, I know the Cobert Nation is strong. Do you see that a lot too on Instagram? Oh, dude, all the time. Anytime that when I posted the clinched world or the clinched playoffs for the Cobras, I got so many DMs, so many swipe ups saying this is our year, 2021. We're mm-hmm. going to win it all. You know, poor man snakes don't got anything on us and all that stuff. <laughs> so, do you it's, think, Mason, do you think that, uh, you know, as a Cobras fan, you'd like to see, um, drew like actually go after maybe some uh you know pitching pieces or do you think that uh he should kind of keep his faith with who he he drafted last year and continue to develop them more so that for me is kind of like a a love hate right there like i would love to see him put all faith in baronowski as much as i would love to see that i do think however he also could look out to branch and get another uh pitching piece in that Obviously, we all want to see Baranowski get developed under Drew and, you know, build that up from the ground up. But 
sometimes it's just not how it works and yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's just not, sometimes it doesn't work out that way i'm praying though i'm hoping yeah i know cobra nation's getting antsy they're getting antsy for sure so i mean i'm i'm not a i'm not a guy to hold a grudge i truly do want the cobras to succeed i want <laughs> drew to succeed and uh we'll see what happens you know only time will tell i don't know what kind of grudge you could hold after coming back down oh two i mean hey but like I said, I think people think that me and the Cobras got bad blood. I mean, really don't. I really don't. I, want, I wish everyone the best in this league, and uh, we'll see what Drew can put together in 2022. Real quick, hey, Mason, uh, you said that this World Series would be in your top three, and you mentioned the 2017 one, but what would be your other one in that top three? Woo-wee. Okay, so nobody – I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one, but the, uh, the 2012 World Series – and I think oh, we all know what happened there. I think you must be a Tommy Coughlin fan, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, dude, that, that World Series, that was the first I don't World even know that I World ever Series watched as a kid. Um, I was just turning 12 at that time, and my buddies were like, hey, you should check out this thing called MOW. And I was like, all right, cool. Oh, like, kid, you bet football. I, that's I pretty cool. You, been, you are definitely an OG fan. We appreciate you. <laughs> For sure, and I, I like, like the I like the sure. Instagram account. Um, what real quick? Um, I don't want to divert too far, but what kind of inspired you to? Uh, yeah, Kyle. Kyle's sitting here saying he likes your graphics, man. So there's big ups to you right there. <laughs> Appreciate that, Kyle. Um, but Appreciate yeah, what what inspired you to make that account? Uh, so uh, at this time, I was working at a dealership, and I was just like, I just saw I have uh like three other fan page accounts for other different teams, and I was oh, like, cool. you know what? Let's just make this one like a little throwaway, like just something for fun. Mm-hmm. and it immediately caught fire and i was like wow okay this community is really cool like the players are always joining in on the fans like everybody's just so chill so i was like you know what let's see where this goes and now a year later i'm at what 1200 that's followers, awesome. something something little mm-hmm. not too much that's still so cool. I, it's just this community is awesome like that's it's just beautiful yeah cool we appreciate you i'll give you the plug it is mlw.now if you guys want to check it out but uh mason thanks for joining us and uh go cobes Yes, sir. Y'all have a good day. Yep, you too. Have a good one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We apologize for missing last week, but it is now time for today's Q of the Day. Q. 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 Of the Day. This week's question comes from Cameron O'Keefe on Instagram. And if you would like to submit a question of your own, please do them in our DMs at MLW on Instagram. And he says, okay, so this is something I've been wondering for a while. My question is, how did some of the league's players get their jersey numbers? I think it's an interesting question because a lot of times I think some people have stories, some people don't have stories, and they just picked one. But I'm um, Jack, mm-hmm. ninety-two. Yeah, how'd, how'd that come about? Um, this one's actually kind of funny. I just I thought you know I've played a lot of sports, had a lot of numbers that meant things uh, in my career. I really wanted wiffle ball to just be sort of like a fun, like goofy number. Mm-hmm. So I was I was throwing around like I was between you know some some weird numbers, and um, I was. I was going to go with 91, but, and I asked my friends, I'm like, what do you guys think about 91? They were like, oh yeah, that's cool. That's a good number. And we were on our way to this little like bar and grill and we walk in there right after having this conversation. And there's just this 
generic jersey hanging up on the wall that has the the name of the bar on the back, and mm-hmm. it has the number ninety two. Oh wow! And I was like, all right, well, That's I guess we're gonna be ninety two. So that is yeah. one of the more random stories than I've ever heard. I think for a jersey number, it was just like it was funny. Literally on the way there, I was like about to text Kyle to like solidify my jersey number, and it was either ninety one or ninety two. And I was going to go with 91, and then I was like... 92? No, nah, I'm going 92. <laughs> That's actually cool. I like that. I like that. For me, um, I used to wear, way back in the day, I wore number two in MLW. And I think, honestly, I always just thought two was like a cool number. Yeah. And I always felt like number two was worn by a good athlete. I've worn two like, before. Either in football, baseball, whatever. Like It wasn't like Derek Jeter related or anything like that. I always just thought two was like a clean look on the field. Yep. That's truly why I picked it. Um, and then I switched to 32 when I came back to the Mallards because of old Don Kelly. And <laughs> 90% of the listeners, probably 95% or even 99, have no idea who Don Kelly is. <laughs> but around these parts in Detroit, Michigan, he is none other than a local legend. Yeah. Played for the Tigers, utility player. Didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but I'm telling when you, he, he was the man. And I, I identified with him because I was kind of the same way in baseball where I played a lot of different positions growing up. And I, I like rooting for the little guy, like like Michael Shima, as I said. Yeah. So I, I tossed on. I even did it in travel, which is the funny thing. I, I switched my number to 32, and I thought it was funny, and I just I wrapped it proudly, and I, I liked it. I don't know. I feel like it fit me pretty good, and uh, I enjoyed it. That's so funny. I actually wore both of those jerseys in high school across. I just flipped it. My freshman year, I was 32, mm-hmm. and then sophomore year, I wore number two. That's actually really weird. <laughs> I know. Is that funny? Uh, high school, yeah. Like, high school, did you get to choose, or was it just, like, pick a jersey In lacrosse, you could choose. Could you? There, yeah. That's you pretty sweet. Pick, yeah. Because, like, yeah, in baseball, in high school baseball, it was, like, just, like, grab a jersey out of a box, and, like, yeah. you hoped that it was something cool. Yeah. Um, I remember in freshman baseball, I was, like, 23, and it was the jersey was like way too big on me, and I hated it. But it, like my like um, uncles, you know, were also we're all Detroit guys. Like, oh, Kirk Gibson wore twenty three, that kind of thing. Obviously, Michael Jordan wore twenty three. And then I think on JV, I picked fifteen. That jersey fit me. That was the biggest thing. I just wanted the jersey to fit well. Right. I, I kind of liked wearing fifteen. It wasn't too bad. It's a clean number, then, Tim um, Tebow. Yeah, and then on varsity, even though I never liked this number for some reason. Um, it was the only medium-sized jersey that, that we had on the, the roster. Everything else was large and XL. And um, it was nine. And oh, I, so I, I also like, wore number nine. That so, was my football so and lacrosse number. So I take nine, and um, honestly, it grew on me a lot. Yeah. I, got, I grabbed the same jersey the following year, and I wore it both years, and I, I feel like it fit me well at third base, you know? Yes, that's I, a I clean number. It. I feel like that's a thing, though. Like, you can take something for no meaning at all, like a thing on a wall, but, like, if you wear it enough, you can grow to like it. Oh, yeah. I definitely, I didn't get to choose my number coming to uh, play lacrosse in college. I didn't mm-hmm. get to pick it. And I got 26 and never really had any, like, allegiance to it. But now, as I've gone through my career, like... You love it, probably. Definitely love the number. Yeah, it's like, cool. It, it's yeah. very cool. Yeah, I agree. I kind of like nine now. Um, I think a lot of guys in the league, if you would ask them, would be, like, you know, previous athletes. I know Kyle Schultz has said that he wears 28 because of Curtis Granderson, another Detroit Tiger. Mm-hmm. I think that's the case for a lot of kids. I feel like whatever state you go to for like travel baseball, if there's like a big name on that professional team in that state, they're all gonna wear you know that number for that guy. You're gonna see one on every single team. Yeah. Kind of like um. So yeah. But um, I don't think there's anything crazy in this league in terms of like numbers that have the most random stories. You probably just heard the one from Jack Agner. But yeah, maybe. I think. Uh, I think what's most important is, like Jack said, you might not like it at first, but sometimes you got to just go out on a whim, pick something unique. It's what unique. you make of it. You yeah, know? pick the number something unique is what and you embrace it. it. I, yeah. I, like, I like wearing 32 a lot. 
Um, I liked wearing nine in high school, like I said, so uh, nothing too fancy in terms of the numbers. I don't think anyone has too uh, crazy of a story. For this week's ad read, we're going to do none other than MLWmerch.com. little shameless plug here, guys. <laughs> Black Friday is right around the corner. We will be doing a sale. Stay tuned on our social medias for all the coupon codes and everything. Might see some new pieces on there. I don't want to spoil anything, but it's going to be exciting. Definitely the best time of the year to buy merch um, because of the sales and stuff like that. So be sure to check it out this coming weekend. Um, it is MLWmerch.com for all of your MLW merchandise needs. Thank you, MLW Merch, for sponsoring this episode. We didn't get paid. Wonder why. Oh, wait, that's our brand. Okay, moving on. No secret. Obviously, it was distracting because we had a crazy World Series that just wrapped up. But it's Thanksgiving week, Jack. Woo! One of my favorite weeks of the entire year, I'll be woo, honest. Woo. Do you agree? Or? My favorite holiday. Mine by too. Far. Mine by too. Far. By far, not yep. even close. Nope. Best holiday around. Just so relaxed. Um, I'm not responsible for cooking anything. so no I, just get to, I just get to eat. Yeah, no pressure of getting gifts no for anybody. Gifts. No just, awkwardness. Oh, it's an avocado. <laughs> Thanks. None of no, that. it's just a great holiday because who doesn't love to eat? Yeah. Who doesn't love to eat? Football. Football. There's nothing better than waking up, watching the Lions lose a game at 1230 yep. while the rest of America laughs at you, and you go about your day and eat dinner and watch some actual good football. And then you fall asleep in the late window because you ate too much food. Oh, the food coma is so real. Yeah. Why is that a thing, though? Why does your body get tired from eating? It's like the digestive system just uses up energy or like... Yeah, I think there might be like a biological thing with like turkey. And like you bread. think it's turkey I specifically? No, I mean like obviously just eating carbs. a bunch of food. For me, it's like pasta, like yeah, carbs. Yeah, no, if you I definitely go, just get tired from that. Like you go to a restaurant, you get a big old plate of fettuccine alfredo, like that's yeah. my go-to order. You come home from that, you're exhausted. It's like you just ran a marathon. Yeah, you're but ready there's to go things to you can eat. That, there's things that you can eat where even if you ate like a ton of it, you wouldn't get as tired. I think it's the carbs that yeah. tire me out. Like, oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but. I mean, Thanksgiving's the same way, obviously, because you eat so much. I have a tradition, guys, going, and I'll post it this year on Pipe It Up for you guys to enjoy. It's been kind of just a a secret that I do by myself for so many years, but why should I share that to myself when I can share it with the world? Um, I always take a picture of my Thanksgiving plate on Snapchat and, like, put the timestamp filter on it. Then I scarf down my food and take another picture of the empty plate and put the next timestamp on it. Oh, I'm going to do that now. And then (laughs) I'm going to cut this out, but then the third Snapchat is me. The timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <not laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> Cutting that out. Oh my but god! No, I leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just bleep it and leave our laughter afterwards. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I'm gonna post those on the main page and wish you guys all a happy Thanksgiving because we're thankful for all you guys. But Jack, I gotta ask you. Um, yeah. What are the do's and don'ts of Thanksgiving Day for you? In terms um, of the, the maybe the the food, the size, dude. the pregame of the meal, what yeah. do you think? Um so definitely don't eat too big of a breakfast. Okay. Um because you want to leave some room, but mm-hmm. don't eat nothing. Because if you're starving, your stomach shrinks, your right? stomach shrinks and once you start pounding that food, you're not going to be able to eat as much as you think. So you got to have a little something something. It can't just you can't just have nothing. Mm-hmm. Um definitely Allow your elders to go in front of you. There's going to be plenty of food in mm-hmm. line, so let them get their food first. You'll get yours. Um, also, you need some cranberry sauce. Oh, you're your a cranberry sauce if you guy. Don't, if you I haven't don't tried I've, it, I've tried it. you have to try it. If you've tried it and you don't like it, we can still be friends. But if you're just a cranberry sauce hater for no reason, you got to at least try it. What's the proper way to eat cranberry sauce, though? It's just like by itself. You don't mix it with anything, right? I mean, to each their own, but I think that... Uh, 
a fork full with a piece of turkey, a little bit of stuffing, and some cranberry wow. sauce is undefeated. Okay. okay. Um, wow. Okay. Maybe I'll try that. I've had then, cranberry sauce before. I'm not the biggest fan, but maybe I'll try that just yeah. once for you. The other the other do actually comes after Thanksgiving, especially if you're if your family hosts it and there's leftovers. You need to do yourself a favor and instead of just warming up the plate of leftovers, basically just take that the contents of that plate and just put it on your bread of choice, your best bread I of do choice. The same and just thing. make a sandwich. I do the same thing. And it will change your it, it will change yes. your life forever. Yes. The yeah. gravy soaks into the bread. It's excellent. Just amazing. It's so excellent. Amazing. Yeah. That's a, that's a great list of uh, do's and don'ts there, Jack. Better yeah. than I could have did, to be honest. Anything I will else? say, um, yeah, I'll, I'll add on. I think yeah, I agree. You can't eat nothing all day because then, like, mm-hmm. you just you lose that hunger. Yeah. You want to be like in that perfect pocket where like your stomach, you're starting to get hungry, then you're starving, and then you eat. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to like wait out that starving phase and then miss it, and then like I don't know, your appetite's just not there anymore. I've heard that hydrating is important to keep your stomach like expanded. That is makes that sense. True? That may- I don't know. I believe it. You should always stay hydrated. Of course, of course, yeah. of course. Alec likes to. Yeah. Tell that to me when we're on the MLW Twitch streams. Right. But um. So yeah, I would I would agree with Jack and that. I will say too though, at least where I go to dinner, um, we usually do like some not like appetizers, but like chips and dip and stuff before. Mm-hmm. Got to be really careful with that. Yeah. All that fried food, the chips might agitate the stomach a little bit. Sometimes it will hinder your performance at the dinner table. Yeah. I must say, I've made that mistake too many times where I'm eating too much dip. And the next thing I know, I got a plate full of food, and I'm struggling with it. Yep. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be the guy who oh, no. grabbed, who just well, has a mound well, on his plate, is, no, and you then you don't eat it You all. literally can't be that guy. Yeah. You have to just unbutton your pants and yeah, keep going. you got to power through. Even if I were to throw up after dinner, I would still finish my whole plate. I'm yeah. not going to walk away from that Thanksgiving table. A yeah. lot of hard work and effort went into that making that food. It's a very important meal. Very arguably, important. Arguably the most important of the year. Could be. Uh, uh, probably. I mean, Could absolutely. Be. So I'm never walking away with not an empty plate. But I will say this, too. I just said you got to unbutton your pants and, and finish the job, but you got to budget for the pumpkin pie or dessert of your choice. Yeah, that's I, where I always falter. It's so hard. It's so it's hard. It's so hard because the food is so good. Sometimes you want a little extra, maybe yeah. a little extra green bean casserole, a little extra turkey, and then you're like, oh, I can't eat dessert now. I'm yeah. too full. So you got to budget for the pumpkin pie. I got to say that. Oh, that's so smart. Thank you for reminding me. I was going to blow that again this year. No I'll, problem. I'll, I would have blundered that again. And then this is one that gets people too. You're exhausted from all that food. Don't be afraid to take a power nap because you might have to go out at night and do a little shopping. Yep. You know what I mean? A little Black, Black Friday shopping. Yep. I think you hit the old maybe 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. power nap. Great window. Then you rally the fellas together. Great window. Hit the stores. Hit the pavement. I mean, it's going to be a good day. I'm excited. I might go shopping. I might not. I really never done it before. I've always said I'm going to do it. I think, I think the way is to the go year. is to just do like Cyber Monday. Yeah, online shopping's the move. That's what I do every yeah. year. <laughs> but I want to like go out. I want to like go out and do it. I, wanna, I mean, like, yeah, see how crazy is, it actually. I feel is. like you got to do it at least once. I want to go just, wrestle some lady for a like PS Five or something. I feel like this year is going to be like absolutely insane. You th- well, I've heard the supply chain. They're all saying they're ready though. You think all so? the stores have said that they're like they're ready. They're holding back inventory just yeah, for this. Yeah, I'm gonna go cause some chaos, Jack. Yeah, if anything, you just show up <laughs> exactly. and just, just you know, be an it's like Dave and Buster's. Menace. What can happen? Anything yeah, can happen. Anything. Anything can happen. I might go mm-hmm. out there. I might get into an altercation with a grown woman. Maybe she gets upset, and then I yeah. do the right thing and I gift her something. Right. I don't know. Maybe I go out there and shove a little kid out of the way and grab a video game right from his hands. Just kidding. I'll never do any of this. It's a dog but eat dog world. You never know. Yeah. Kid. Hey, the nice guy never wins. And if the little kid doesn't want to punch me in the face while I'm trying to get this video game from him, then he doesn't need that video game anyway. 
No, I need it more than I do. <laughs> that kid goes to school all day, play plays with his friends. I sit in front of a computer for nine hours a day, buddy. I need those video games, okay? More than you do, so back <laughs> off. <laughs> no, but it seriously is a great holiday. Um, I think it's just because we don't have like too big of a gathering for it. It's yeah. only like 10 to 15 people. Um, my cousins that I really enjoy spending time with are always there. It's at my Aunt KK's house. You guys probably know KK. I've talked about her before. And um, just a great time. Like I said, we... We're from Detroit, so we're spoiled because our football team plays every year on Thanksgiving. And loses, even though they suck. But yeah, yeah, they they make it exciting. They get your heart rate up. They'll lose the game, but at the end of the day, you had a good time watching them. How many How many years do you think before they just kick us off? Well, I was reading tweets. I was like, it's time for the Lions to be done with their Thanksgiving contract. But I think they just man. I think they just. uh, I mean, being a Lions fan, I can honestly say we probably shouldn't have that window, but. I think they just we have the too ones much who respect. It. Yeah, they just have too much respect for the Fords to take them I mean, off. It's not like we're in prime time. We're at twelve thirty. No, no, it's twelve thirty yeah. Eastern time. Yeah. So you're on the West Coast. It's nine a.m. Like, yeah, no one's watching anyway. But, the, but the tweets, True. the tweets, like <laughs> Kyle says, we're some white noise in the background. Yeah, the tweets about the lines from like non-Lions fans during that game is just so funny to me every yeah. year. It's no, like, oh, that true. time of the year again to take a nap at the Lions game on Thanksgiving <laughs> like, It just, they crack me up. And like I said, the Lions always make it a game. They play hard for the city. It's always a sellout crowd. Yeah. I mean, I think it's classic. Usually we'll re- we wear those cool jerseys. Hopefully yeah, it's some the throwbacks. silver helmets, some throwbacks. I mean, we're playing yeah. the Bears, who are also a terrible football team. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be been, absolutely been, awful game. Let's be honest. It'll be another like 10 to 7 game. We tied... <laughs> Two weeks ago, and we lost by three against a decent yep. Browns team. So yep. I think we're trending up. <laughs> we're trending, we're up, trending like, up for a hey, win. We're the, win hunting. The, hey, the Lions had a bye week, and they tied. I said the Lions haven't lost in two weeks. They I haven't. Mean, it was a good little stretch there. Yeah. Played the Browns tough, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be backup quarterback versus backup quarterback on oh, Thanksgiving. Really? I think Fields is not playing. I don't think Goff's playing either. Yeah, well, it'll, be, it'll be Andy Dalton versus Tim Boyle. Tim, playing. What, Boyle or Doyle? What's his name? Boyle. 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 This is an excellent matchup, guys. You will yeah. not. This is going to be must-see TV. This is going to be a barn burner. 12. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the Lions run it 45 times. That's the only dude, thing we can do good. Dude, I hope this game is absolutely electric and, like, in the worst way possible, though. I, yeah. hope, I hope it's, like, a 6-3 to three game. Yep. And just, it'd be so funny. I was going to go and wear a bag over my head, dude. but I didn't want to miss time with my family, so I'm not going to go. One cool thing I did do on Thanksgiving was my... Uh, grandpa one time took me to a game, a Lions game, mm-hmm. and they played the Falcons when Michael Vick was on the Falcons. Oh, we got, that's sick. We got absolutely demolished. <laughs> it wasn't even close. It was like Michael Vick looked like uh, like a, a college player running around against a, a yeah. bunch of like youth football players. Like yeah. He was literally running circles around our team. Mm-hmm. But it was cool to like see him play in person. But yeah, yeah, I went to one too. I think it was against the Bears. We lost. Yeah. We haven't won too many on Thanksgiving. There was a couple when Stafford was here, but we have no chance of winning, I think, this weekend, um, or I should say on Thursday. But what, what a great holiday, man. Yeah. Just the traditions. Uh, what's your favorite thing on the plate? The cranberry sauce or no? Um, I would probably just – I like the cranberry sauce, but I'm, I'm new to it. Like it's, okay. within, it's within the past few years, so I don't know if I could say like it's my favorite. Honestly, my favorite thing is just the gravy. Like I'm, I'm like a gravy. I'm putting it on like everything. everything. It's going. I mean, over I think everything. it goes on everything, right? Yeah. I can't think so of, that's I, definitely my like. I love sauces, things mm-hmm. like that. I think the gravy. I think without the gravy, that meal is is pretty average. Oh yeah. To be honest, like 
Yeah. It's yeah. are you like a so you are like kind of a mixer though, right? You said you like the cranberry sauce and the turkey and the stuff. Yeah, and I'm not like bite. a weird like accountant that just keeps their food yeah. separate and stuff. I mean, my I don't like mix my plate together. Like it's all separate on the plate, but like I'll get my forkful, little, yeah. bit, little bit of everything. You know yeah. what I mean? That's Absolutely. the way to do it. And yeah. yeah, gravy on everything except I so I put gravy on the corn, on the mashed potatoes, on the turkey, on the stuffing. Okay. Okay. But then the two other things that we have to offer at the the Coglin Thanksgiving is green bean casserole, which I think is... Yum. A lot of people have that. Yum. It's probably my favorite thing. And then really? one that's not as common. I love wow. green bean casserole. Your mom must um, make it really good. It's KK. It's all KK. Oh, KK. Sorry. KK does a great Sorry. job. Um, but sweet potato casserole. Nice. So, so good. It's basically a dessert. Nice. It's so sweet. Yeah, it's I wouldn't put like gravy brown on sugar. that either. No, no gravy no. there. But the sweet potato casserole is so good. It's just nice. like soupy goodness. Oh, it's amazing. I'll post yeah. a picture of my plate. Jack, you should send me a picture of your plate, too. I will. We will. We'll, we'll compare. We'll put we'll it up put, on the yeah. pipe it up. I'll have to go with some yeah. cranberry sauce as well. But, um, yeah, I got to go with the casseroles. Green bean and sweet potato, both excellent. But um, how about you, white meat or dark meat guy? Um, you know, I don't really discriminate when it comes to meat, but uh, I, I usually <laughs> I usually go with the white meat and a lot of gravy. <laughs> You know, growing up, I, like, refused to eat white meat. I was always a dark meat guy. But I think as I've grown, like I said, with the gravy and all, yeah. I, I've transitioned to go, you know, half and half, white meat, dark yeah. meat. I don't, I, don't, I don't discriminate either. My plate, I got a little bit of both. Yeah. Also, unique thing that we do is we actually make two turkeys. We have a fried turkey and the oven roasted bird. Two really? Birds. Yeah, two birds with you one stone. You prefer one or the other? Skin. Fried turkey. The skin on the fried turkey is, like, crispy. Yeah. So good. And they like You got like a big like deep fryer? A big fryer. You gotta, don't start a fire. You gotta be careful. Yeah. But um yeah, we have the deep wow, fryer. So awesome. we fry one, we bake one. Always a lot of leftovers, but like you said, you put that on the bread. Sando. Cover it in gravy. Best yeah. leftovers of all time. But yeah, they fried bird, they like inject it with a marinade too. So it's just it's, it's remarkable. Wow. It's a remarkable piece of meat, let me put it that way. But I'm so excited. I just, I'm getting hungry thinking about oh, my it. My mouth's watering right now. I really am parched. I could use a glass of water. I probably should yeah. wrap this episode up. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Jack and I laughed our butts off down here. And man, just in summary, Thanksgiving's great, but what a World Series, man. Yeah. What a World Series. We're not even done breaking this down yet. Next week, we're going to try to get a large cast of characters from the rosters on here to discuss what was, it seems to be, the, one of the greatest World Series of all time, one of the greatest series of all time in general. So. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. It was a pleasure to have you down here, Jack. Yeah, so happy to be back in the basement at home. It really is home. Yeah. All right, peace out, guys. Peace. <laughs> I can't. I don't know if I can even leave this in. It's so bad. Why did I ask that question? It's, it's so funny, though. It's not this bad.